Now, the first couple of Texas Radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Good morning, good well, morning, Allison. Welcome, Hill Country. Absolutely, Hill Country, and people listening around the world on mm-hmm. Hill, the Hill, on HillCountryPatriot.com, which is your information station. I am Bill Mencaro. I am Allison Mencaro. You are. We are related, <laughs> but we're not brother and sister. We are. We are related, Bill and Allison, and we're happy to have you with us uh, this morning on a chilly Saturday morning. And we are on 8 to 10 every Saturday morning. You can also go to firstcoupleoftexasradio.com and check out our past shows. A uh, little trigger warning for you. We are, as everyone at the Hill Country Patriot, we are non-binary. Non-binary. That's right. Make sure you tune in uh, every day during the weekday for Harley David Ballou, 6 to 9 a.m. Matt Long at 10. I'm sorry, 9 and Lorraine Lamont at 10. Yep. It's a very powerful lineup and uh, great stuff if you haven't heard, which I imagine most people have listened to those programs. Uh, but we are not PC. We are not politically correct. We are proudly not PI. <laughs> politically incorrect. Politically incorrect. But most importantly, we try to be BC, biblically correct here. Uh, we are... Oh, where are we going to go with that? I'm not sure. We're, oh, one thing we do. We fight a never-ending battle for truth, justice. And the American way. Absolutely. Absolutely. We'd like to begin our program with a Bible verse. This is from the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, the third chapter. Solomon wrote this. He hath made everything beautiful in his time. Also he hath set the world in their heart, so that no man can find out the work that God makes from the beginning to the end. And I picked this verse, we picked this verse, because I uh, found a, a audio by the great Buddy Brown. If you're not familiar with Buddy Brown, you should be. He's tremendous. And if you listen to the Bill and Allison show, you'll hear, hear him quite a bit. Uh, but uh, we thought, uh, Allison and I thought this was a very charming thing that he had to say about this verse. My wife and I are one of the best teams I know of. Thank God for a Proverbs 31 woman. If you don't know what Proverbs 31 is, please look that up. It's a really beautiful thing. We met when we were 15, y'all. 15 years old. She has been with me when we were engaged and we had absolutely nothing. Deep in the valley. And she's been with me at the top of the mountains. And that's how you know you got a real one right there, boys. Because they will sit with you at the bottom of the valley. And they'll take that ride all the way to the top of the mountain where you look around and say, Holy cow. This is glorious. We fought every single inch together. We did it together. She wasn't just there because you were sitting on the mountain. There's no loyalty that's portrayed there whatsoever. She was there when you were in the pit. That's how you know a real one. But anyway, I remember a phrase that we used to use all the time, probably the first five years of our entire marriage. And I didn't mean anything bad by it at the time. I didn't see that it was a problem, but now I've had to ask God forgiveness for it, and I have. But it was a phrase we used all the time, just a few words, that's all it was. It'll be good when. It'll be good when I get rid of this SUV and I can finally get myself a truck. It'll be good when we finally get to leave this house, you know, and uh, and, uh, finally get it painted the way we want to or leave this house and get more space somewhere else. It'll be good when our kids aren't toddlers anymore and they're a little bit easier to handle. It'll be good when. 
It'll be good when they can sleep through the night finally and they're not babies. It'll be good when I can finally quit my job and pursue my music career full time. It'll be good when. I think we've all caught ourselves saying stuff like this. It's natural, it's competitive. But I realized after about 15 years, drum roll, it was good then. I could run five miles straight out without even training back then. I could have uh, had a couple whiskeys and woke up the next morning like nothing ever happened back then. My little boys thought daddy was a superhero back then. Now looking forward to good things is fine y'all, but it's good now and that's the whole point I wanted to get across to you. I got a guy that lives about four or five houses down from me. Used to be a running back in the NFL. He's hit the absolute pinnacle in his life as far as athletics go. He told me something just a few months ago. He said, one of the greatest moments in my entire life was senior year. Senior year in high school, running out there with your childhood uh, buddies out of the tunnel to play your high school rival game. I'm like, don't you mean the NFL when you score that touchdown against the Patriots? Or what? No, 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 no. High school, man. No camera, no money. Just being 17. Just winning the district championship and going out and crashing the local restaurant with all your buddies after the game. One of my favorite all-time Bible verses, Ecclesiastes 3.11. I won't paraphrase this, I may, I may butcher it a little bit, but it's something to the effect of, he has made everything beautiful in his time. He has also set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from the beginning to the end. Now I hope you look across the room tonight at your loved ones. I hope you take a good look at all of them and you realize I'm blessed beyond my wildest dreams. I hope you do that. Yeah, we need new couches. Yeah, the garage is a wreck, you know, but look where we are. Did you ever think we'd actually be here? A lot of y'all are where you dreamed of being about 10 years ago. And a few of y'all survived some stuff that actually probably should have killed you, and you know it. But you're still here, so it's time to ask God, please forgive me for taking all those things for granted all those years. And I believe that if you don't fully give God thanks for the things that you have been blessed with at that time, He's not going to make room for the new stuff. All that new stuff that you want, it don't work that way. You want to make room for the new stuff? Start thanking God for the stuff you've already been blessed with. It'll be good when. <laughs> it's good now. It's great now. Give him the glory. God bless y'all. That's the great Buddy Brown. Great Buddy Brown. Well, you may recognize that. That piece is by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart, and it's called A Little Night Music, or in uh, German, something I can't pronounce, something about knock music or something, but anyway, I prefer the Little Night Music. Doesn't it have a more common name? I, you always throw these things out of left field. I don't know. That's the only name I know of it. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. Why are we playing Mozart? It's because... 27th of January is his birthday in 1756. And, of course, everybody knows about Mozart. Or they know something about him. Um, you know, I, Allison, I, these, you know, these people think they're so smart. You know, when they talk about Mozart, they probably have never seen a painting by him. That's right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> this is just a little throwaway line that I had. He yeah. was a obviously a it's prolific... A, yes, it is time to throw it away. Gee. <laughs> He was an influential composer of the classical period. Uh, and despite his very short life, 1756 to 1791, that's, what is that, less than 30 years? 
No, more than 30 years. <laughs> Less than 40 years. I was going to say, no, it's... Uh, well, I can't do math on the fly like that. <laughs> Less than 40 years. Anyway. Well, they're, they're weird numbers. They are. If there were like some zeros involved, it'd be easier. Yes, exactly. Uh, but he wrote more than 800 works of virtually every Western classical genre of his time. And they are a lot of them are not acknowledged as the some of the best types of music, genres, uh, like symphonic, chamber music, operatic, and that kind of thing. Uh, so he is widely regarded as among the greatest composers in the history of Western music. And let's listen to a little bit more of A Little Night Music. Happy birthday, Wolfie. <laughs> did you did you ever see Amadeus, the movie? Uh, no, I never did. Yeah. Uh, I saw it when it first came out years ago. Good movie. Really good movie. Yeah. Really brings I like movies that bring historical figures to life. Yeah, I did I do too. I yeah. do too. I remember the the movie seventeen seventy six. It was, mm-hmm. just blew me away to see that you know, the Thomas Jefferson and I, and I saw the play in Washington D.C. Oh. <laughs> National Theater. Well, aren't you just, special? Just, just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I saw the movie in in Moline, <laughs> Illinois. So. But uh, no, it it uh, you know that movie at seventeen seventy six. I mean, to see the you know Thomas Jefferson and mm-hmm. and Ben Franklin, mm-hmm. they were real people. You mm-hmm. know, we did, we mythologize people uh, so much, and uh, they were they were people with uh, you know they made. Right decisions and wrong decisions, and they were brave and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Well, anyway. Okay, well, come out and celebrate the Texas Hill Country Winery's 25th anniversary. Oh, that's right. That starts yeah. on Monday, doesn't it? Well, I was going to say, um, love is in the air, wine is in your glass, and Valentine's <laughs> Day is right around the corner. All right. For the, the, the wine uh, lover celebration starts this Monday, January 29th, mm-hmm. and it goes to um, uh, February, uh, February twenty third, which is a Friday. Okay. And you'll be able to experience f- over forty um, Texas Hill Country wineries. Cool. Uh, you can purchase your passport. It's a hundred dollars for a couple with any two people together. You don't have to be a married couple, or sixty five dollars for a single. And you go to TexasHillCountryWineries.org. And this is a real bargain uh, because most tastings uh, at wineries are at least six, uh, $20 per person. Oh, that is a tremendous bargain. Well, we've done this several times, and uh, you know, it's, it is it is a great thing. So Texas, what is it? Texas Winery, what is it? TexasHillCountryWineries.org. Okay, okay. And you can go there and purchase your tickets, and you'll just get an online, I mean, a you know, a, a virtual ticket. D- digital passport. D- d- digital okay. passport. Okay. I'm not quite up, up with the uh, modern terminology. Yeah, they will. <laughs> you uh, type out a letter to them asking uh, for the digital passport, and uh, then uh, they will uh, send you a telegram. <laughs> oh, my. <laughs> well, Governor Abbott as you probably have heard, has doubled down in his fight with Biden to secure Texas's borders. 
Uh, this past Wednesday, he issued a statement on Texas's constitutional right to self-defense uh, and said under the Constitution, uh, they, uh, Texas has a right uh, to defend and protect itself from an invasion. Uh, he says the federal government has broken the compact between the United States and the states. He said Biden has violated his oath to faithfully execute immigration laws. Uh, and uh, he said uh, the Constitution is the supreme law of the land and supersedes any federal statutes to the contrary or federal laws. The Constitution is above any federal laws if they are unconstitutional. And, you know, Shelby Park in uh, um, Eagle Pass has been uh, the uh, Texas uh, National Guard went in and uh, removed the federal border patrol <laughs> agents. I would have loved to have been a fly on a wall for that. And uh, they uh, they are still have Shelby Park. The Democrats uh, have demanded that um, Abbott uh, release the guards and let the... Let the Border Patrol do its job. Well, yeah, good good job they're doing. It's not the guy's fault, the board and women and Border Patrol. It's uh, Mayorkas, and, uh, the, uh, who's going to be impeached, I believe, by the House, and uh, some others uh, who have tied their hands. Uh, what's interesting, there's nothing. It, it, a Supreme Court ruled that the federal government could cut the razor wire that Texas has put up on the border. Uh, they didn't say anything about the giant um, balloons, basically. It's a, uh, what's the word I want? Buoys or whatever they are. Anyway, if you've seen oh, them. Oh, those things floating in the river. Yeah, the floating barrier. You can't, mm-hmm. I mean, you could, you, it'd be tough to get, get across that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because there are a bunch of them. They're all, oh, they're all right t- together. Yeah. So uh, uh, Supreme Court didn't say anything about uh, getting rid of that. So we still get that. Uh, it said the federal government can cut the razor wire. There is nothing, it was a two-sentence ruling by the Supreme Court, U.S. Supreme Court. There's nothing in this two-sentence ruling that keeps Texas from putting up new fencing or (laughs) patching up what the federal government has done. (laughs) Nothing there. Um, By the way, I will point out that uh, the Supreme Court, as I said, said that the federal government could cut the razor wire and get rid of the wire that Texas has put up. And there were two votes on the Supreme Court that voted in favor of that. And you'd say, well, sure, these leftist Democrats, they're going to vote vote against Texas. No. Chief Justice John Roberts, who was appointed by President George W. Bush, and Amy Coney Barrett, Justice Amy Coney Barrett, who was appointed by Trump. Mm-hmm. said Texas has no right to protect itself from an invasion. Mm-hmm. How about that? Yeah, how about that? Why is it that when they get on the Supreme Court, they always go left? Not every one of them, but you never hear of a, a liberal appointed to the Supreme Court becoming conservative. Why exactly. is that? Exactly. Well, while, while you're talking about Donald Trump, um, a delegate to the uh, Republican National Committee's annual meeting, which is going to be coming up this week, uh, proposed declaring Donald Trump the party's presumptive nominee. Um, While Trump thanked the RNC, he said he would rather win it the old-fashioned way (laughs) through the primary system. Yeah, I think he's right to do that. And and he's doing a good job of it. Although Nikki Haley, who we'll get to in a few minutes, uh, is doing her best to be the never-Trump, anti-Trump candidate. And uh, she uh, 
uh, I don't remember the, the numbers, but uh, a, a large number of people interviewed uh, as they exited polls in uh, New Hampshire during the New Hampshire mm-hmm. primary uh, said that uh, they voted for Haley. Um, and they, they were asked, uh, well, if it was between uh, Biden and Trump, who would you vote for? And they said, oh, Biden. Oh, I think it was at least 50 percent, if not 70 percent. Okay. Okay, so that tells you where Haley's popularity is coming from. We'll be talking about Haley a little bit, a little bit in a few minutes, a little bit later in the show. But uh, the, getting back to this uh, National Guard uh, and Border Patrol stuff going on in uh, Eagle Pass, uh, there have been some Democrats, including Joaquin Castro uh, and others, who says the federal government should take over the Texas National Guard. Well, Joaquin said that. Mm-hmm. Well, being a Texan, you 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 know you think he wouldn't. Wouldn't yeah. talk like that. Yeah, but Texas, uh, Texas, uh, the federal government should take over the Texas National Guard. I am waiting for Governor Abbott to say, "Come and take it." <laughs> <laughs> Just waiting for that. Yes. And uh, but the good news is, twenty-five states have said they stand with Governor Abbott. Mm-hmm. And he shouldn't back down against the federal government. Twenty-five, half of the states of the country. Well, that's more than half. But if, if, excuse me, if you count are you te- Obama? There's you, fifty you, states. But you count Texas. Oh, that's true. So okay. there's twenty-five states plus Texas. Plus Texas. So that's we have 20, majority. That's twenty-six. That's a very good point, Allison. I I didn't come across. Thank that. you. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you're right. You're right. So that's. Um, and uh, at least one state, and I think they should all, but at least one state has sent national guard their National Guard soldiers to help Texas secure the border. Te- Oklahoma is one of them. Thank you, Governor Stitt of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. That's one of them. So, you know, we are in a fierce battle. It's not just a political skirmish. It's got monumental implications. It's, uh, it's going to be a real constitutional crisis. Uh, you know, we haven't seen something like this since uh, right before the Civil War. Well, properly called the War for Southern Independence. Um, so there's a bunch of trucks, cars, and RVs en route to the border right now for a series of rallies. Uh, they're going to be going from California to Eagle Pass. Um, and uh, the... Uh, <sighs> I guess, well, I'm looking through some of these. I've already covered quite a bit of it. But uh, Article 10, Article 1, Section 10 of the Constitution is known as the self-help remedy. It empowers states to step up and protect themselves if the federal government fails in its constitutional responsibilities. Uh, And we mentioned the floating barrier, Allison. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, the barrier was... was, uh, put up uh it's a it's a bunch of big balloon type things and it's it looks very difficult i don't think you'd get across it obviously no that's the point uh it was installed at a busy migrant crossing near eagle pass in july of last year um and it's a part of uh, the operation lone star well the fifth circuit which u.s of the u.s court of appeals which covers texas issued this past um wednesday i believe it was Oh, I'm sorry, Wednesday of last week, okay, uh, that they will allow, now this isn't the razor wire cutting, that's the U.S. Supreme Court, this is the floating buoy barrier, 
They will allow the floating buoy barrier to remain in place uh, until uh, un- until another. Oh, until a full court hears it. It was an en banc decision, which means uh, just a few judges uh, did it. But they said, "Well, this should go to the, Supreme, uh, the full Fifth Circuit." So, what that p- the point is? The buoys, the floating barriers, can remain. Uh, the federal government cannot do anything to take it down, uh, and uh, it's a big fight. It's a big fight. And uh, we have uh, Nikki Haley. We don't have her here. <laughs> don't want her here. But um, she uh, she had a few words to say about her opinion about illegals and illegal immigration. But let's keep in mind, these people that are wanting to come here, they want to come for a better life, too. They have kids, too. They have a heart, too. They So... We don't need to be disrespectful. We don't need to talk about them as criminals. They're not. They're families that want a better life, and they're desperate to get here. They are criminals. They're They're, illegal. They're illegal aliens. They have shown disregard for American law by by coming here illegally. Yeah, we we have lots of immigrants here, but but they come here legally. They they go through the process, which which takes my grandparents. My grandparents did. Um, yours didn't. Yours, yours were Native Native Americans here, mm-hmm. but uh, my grandparents came here uh, legally, and and waited and did the whole process. They didn't flaunt the laws of the United States, uh, so they are illegal. So Nikki Haley doesn't know what she's talking about. Bird brain. Uh, you know, I wonder, Allison, if if socialism is is so good, and capitalism is so awful. Why aren't the caravans heading to Venezuela? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah not, why are they coming to the United Venezuela States? Venezuela or Cuba. Why aren't they going to Cuba? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Oh. <sighs> what well, have we got? Well, would, would you like to feed your, your ex to a zoo animal? I don't have an ex, and I <laughs> don't think the zoo would allow that. Well, okay. But, but okay, lots of people have exes. That's true. And but now they can. All my exes change their sexes. Now, <laughs> now they can feed their ex to a zoo animal. Uh, in, what? In See, a, I never know. She doesn't tell me what she's going to talk about <laughs> on the air. That is one of the weirdest things I've heard. Uh, ahead of Valentine's Day, the San Antonio Zoo, and this is a national story. I did not read this in the local paper. The San Antonio Zoo is bringing back its fundraiser that allows you to name a cockroach. A rat or a vegetable after your ex that'll be fed to animals in exchange for a donation. <laughs> wow, that is that is weird. That comes under news of the weird one of the <laughs> features on the Bill and Allison show. Well, it turns out that spurned lovers make lucrative benefactors. Since the zoo started this tradition in 2020, it's raised more than $225,000 in donations. <laughs> That's weird. I know. I That's know. weird. Oh, man. Well, if this is, um, I don't know if we have to take a break or do I? Do, we do. Okay. She's signaling me. Allison runs the show here, by the way. I'm just the pretty face. That's right. Uh, Allison's but, but in charge Bill, of the board. Bill's voice would not go out over the air if it weren't for me. Yeah. Wonderful when uh, the wife has control of her husband's uh, ability to talk. Well, when we come back, we got a little bit of Texas history for you that you may not know about. 
that uh, Texas is home to the most decorated soldier in the United States history. And we're going to tell you who that is and what this person did when we come back in just a few moments on the Bill and Allison Mancaro Show on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And here is the official state song of Texas. It sets our hearts aglow With thoughts of San Jacinto And glorious Alamo God bless you, Texas And keep you brave and strong That you may grow in power And work throughout the ages long God bless you, Texas And keep you brave and strong That you may grow in power And work throughout the ages long Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, your information station. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely true. Well, before the break, uh, we promised you uh, we'd tell you about the most decorated soldier in U.S. history who was born in Kingston, Texas. And I had to look that up, even though I'm a native Texan. Kingston, I'm... K-I-N-K. K-N-G. Oh, Kingston. What have you Not got in Kingston. Kink. What have you got on your mind? <laughs> Kingston, Texas, in Hunt County, which is uh, pretty far east in Texas. Um, Audie Murphy was born there in 1945, and this week uh, in 1945. And uh, he, was, he became the most decorated U.S. service member of World War II and the most decorated soldier in U.S. history. He received... 33 awards, citations, and decorations. He won a battlefield promotion as second lieutenant. He received every medal that the United States gives for valor. Two of them he received twice. Hmm? Twice. Um, what happened was he, uh, on January 26, 1945, near Holtzware, France, he was found himself surrounded by six German tanks, he and his company, and wave after wave of enemy infantry. Uh, but rather than retreat with his men, he made a gutsy decision. He ordered his soldiers to withdraw to the cover of nearby forest and set up their artillery while he remained at his forward command post to direct their fire. Well, things got really bad. Uh, a nearby Allied tank destroyer burst into flames following a direct hit from an enemy tank. Uh, its crew fleet, flew, uh, the German crew flew, uh, ran into the woods. They, le- they left, I'm sorry, not German crew, um, American crew ran into the woods and Murphy was left all alone. But he jumped on top of the burning tank destroyer, took on wave after wave of German infantry with nothing more than a vehicle's 50 caliber machine gun and his superhuman determination. He was personally credited with killing or wounding about 50 Germans and stopping an attack by enemy tanks. He received the Congressional Medal of Honor. Uh, and uh, he went on to fight in eight campaigns in Sicily, Italy, France, and Germany. Participated in two amphibious assaults in Sicily and in France. Was wounded three times. Um, when... Uh, <laughs> Oh, well, here's from the Medal of Honor, and then I'll tell you a funny little side story. Uh, this, this is from his Congressional Medal of Honor citation. 
Second Lieutenant Murphy's indomitable courage and his refusal to give an inch of ground saved his company from possible encirclement and destruction and enabled it to hold the woods, which had been the enemy's objective. Uh, and uh, he, uh, when he was uh, calling for reinforcements, when he was on top of that burning tank destroyer, Allied tank destroyer, uh, he was calling for reinforcements, and the uh, soldier at the uh, other end of the line said, well, how, how close is the enemy? How close are the Germans? And Audie Murphy, can you imagine in this incredible situation, he's standing on top of a burning vehicle. Uh, he's trying to hold off wave after wave of enemy infantry, uh, in the process killing or wounding about 50 of them. And the, the, uh, the guy at the other end of the, of the phone says, well, how close is the enemy? And Audie Murphy says, well, here, why don't you hang on? I'll give him the phone. You can ask him. <laughs> That's how close he is. <laughs> Uh, Audie Murphy. He went on to become a successful movie actor and a lyric writer for country and western songs, an author and a poet. He appeared in 45 motion pictures after the war and starred in 39 of them. And uh, I think, uh, let's see, it's called To Hell and Back is his autobiographical movie or biopic. And uh, so uh, worth, worth uh, To Hell and Back, it's worth seeing. Audie Murphy. Thank you, Audie Murphy. The memory of Audie Murphy. Um uh, Native Texan and the most decorated soldier in U.S. history. Well, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> the opening of a new liquor store doesn't usually make international news, but when the store is in Saudi Arabia, which banned liquor in 1952, it gets headlines. The conservative Muslim kingdom reportedly allowed its first alcohol shop recently although the government has not officially confirmed it. <laughs> but you can't just go up to the checkout. In addition to being over 21, only non-Muslim dip diplomats with prior authorization from an app can shop there. Plus, taking photos is verboten, and phones must be stored in special secure pouches to ensure they are not used. How about that? <laughs> Well, it you know that reminds reminds me of when we were in Cuba. Oh, I was I thought you were going to say Turkey. Um, I could say Turkey, but I meant <laughs> Cuba. Uh, we were in Cuba on a special twice mission. Twice. twice special. We had special government permission to be there, and uh, I don't know where you were because I was walking down the street in Havana, and this elderly lady came mm -hmm. up to me mm -hmm. and slipped her arm in mine. And spoke English, and she said to me, please pretend like you're my grandson as we walked down the street. And I said, okay. And she said, because they're watching me, and if I speak to someone who's obviously a tourist, I'll get in trouble. Uh, the secret police are all over the place. And I said, okay. And she said, my grandbaby needs diapers and um, milk. Um, milk, powdered milk, and um, crema, what, uh, lotion. And uh, she said, we, we cannot buy it in Cuba. No matter, even if you had money, you can't buy it. Well, because it was sold at the dollar store. And at, the, at that time, there were dollar stores in, in Cuba, and they only took American dollars. Yeah, it's not like you're thinking dollar store today. Yeah. It's not like yeah. the same thing. It's, it means they only accept American dollars. Mm -hmm. The system has changed somewhat since mm -hmm. then. It has. 
So she said, would you go into the store? I'm not allowed as a Cuban citizen in this store. Only foreigners are allowed. And would you buy diapers and et cetera for my, my babies? Uh, and I said, of course. And I, I cleaned out the store of everything she wanted. Yeah, um, but she, I, d- did you buy it for her? Or yes, did, I bought it for oh, her. Oh, she didn't give you the money? She offered. But oh, okay, I, I wouldn't okay. take it, of course. Okay, okay. And uh, she was in tears, of course. And But that's... It's not the point of my story is not, oh, I'm such a good guy. I bought her some stuff. Uh, it's what an oppressive society that mm-hmm. is. You know, again, why, why, if, uh, as I said a little earlier in the show, if, if socialism is so good and capitalism is so bad, why aren't the, why aren't the illegals moving to Cuba and to, to Venezuela? Well, you, you mentioned at the, at the beginning of this, this story about Cuba, uh, that we had special government permission to, to go to Cuba. What, what you what you didn't make clear, and you need need to make clear because probably most people don't understand, it's not that the Cuban government is keeping us out. It's our Treasury Department will not let us go to to Cuba. That's that that that's why that's where we got the government permission. Well, technically, if you want to get really technical, you're not allowed to spend money, money. in Cuba. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can go, but you can't spend money, which mm-hmm. <laughs> you know not possible and uh but that's yeah we had a lot of interesting experiences in cuba and that that was certainly one of the most moving um one time we were distributing gospels of john in spanish in uh, pinar del rio which is a a fairly sizable town uh in cuba and uh we attracted a crowd because uh, what we did was not only distribute the, the gospels of john but we also distributed uh toiletries um, and we were we were advised by some uh, um, missionary friend that that they they really needed that. So we distributed toiletries and a gospel of John, and a uh, couple of couple of interesting things in Pinar del Rio that happened when we were doing doing that. Uh, one old lady, elderly lady, not the same one in Havana, different person, came up to us and and said uh, something in Spanish and we didn't quite understand and we thought you know she wanted toiletries and of course we gave her the toiletries but she looked and she said no 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 she said gracias but uh, libre libre and uh, so we she wanted the, the gospel of John so we gave her several I think and she put her hand over her heart and then she put her hand on our hearts <clears throat> anyway, some have said down through history, if you last, it's a Waylon. But I guess they don't know. Well, when we come back to the Bill and Allison Mincaro show, what have we got, Allison? I'm going to tell you something you probably down to the sea, <laughs> don't know about elephants. Such a habit with me. We'll be back in just a moment. Stay tuned to the Bill and Allison show on the Hill Country Patriot, your information station. Well, I come from down round Tennessee, but the people in California are nice to me. America, it don't matter where I may roam, tell you people that it's home to me. America, America.
Welcome, <clears throat> welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, and you can find us anytime. First couple of TexasRadio.com. Well, you know, I promised to t- tell you something you probably don't know about a heart, uh, an elephant. Um, an elephant can cry. Are you imitating an elephant now? An elephant can die from a broken heart. Oh. Mm. <sighs> well, that's something good to know. Hitler's nephew served in the U.S. Navy. <laughs> Just thought I'd lighten things up a little bit. <laughs> it's true. It is okay. true. Okay. <laughs> and I need to know that why. <laughs> so, no. It's just fact. Things you don't hear on any other radio program. Let me no, put it that true. way. Hitler's navy. Hitler's nephew served in the U.S. Navy. So there you go. So what? That's all I got so on what, that subject. So was he a good guy? Well, if he served in the Navy, I guess he was. I mean, it's just because well, he's not Hitler's... Not Just because he's Hitler's nephew doesn't necessarily mean he's, you know, evil. Um, but anyway, that's... So, so it doesn't run in the family? <laughs> no, apparently evil does not run in the family. Okay, well, that's good to know. Um, well, on a serious note, although Roe versus Wade was overturned, I heard someone, uh, by the way, uh, I think they asked Joe Biden uh, what he thought of Roe versus Wade. And he said, uh, Roe versus Wade, he said, I don't care how the Cubans get here. I'm, you know, I'm all for it. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, anyway, although Roe versus Wade was overturned, abortion is very much an issue today. Um, the, what the, it was overturned and, and said that there was no constitutional right to abortion, which there is not. And it said this, uh, the Supreme Court said states need to decide that issue. But it's continued to be promoted in the name of choice. Choice, pro-choice, really is a misnomer. Um, there are, those who are pro-choice are really, really pro-abortion. Um, although the, they call themselves pro-choice, it's interesting. There's some studies that have come out that the majority of women who have an abortion felt compelled to, to get the abortion. Um, so when somebody tells you that they're pro-choice, here's, here's a response. Say, I'm glad to hear that. Everybody should have the right to choose to become a parent. There's a recent peer-reviewed study found that only a third of the abortions are actually wanted by the mothers. Uh, nearly one in four describe their abortion as unwanted or even coerced. A majority, around 60%, said their preference would have been to give birth had they received more emotional support or had greater financial security. Uh, and in another peer-reviewed survey of last year, 61% of women reported, quote, high levels of pressure to get an abortion. Uh, Dr. G. James Kennedy once said, the only choice the abortionists ever give anybody is, when do you want to have the abortion, Tuesday or Friday? So, but in the meantime, there are crisis pregnancy centers out there, like the one in Kerrville, um, and which serves the entire Hill Country. They have a mobile unit as well. Uh, they're providing loving options for those seeking abortions. They're the ones who are providing the choice, uh, and uh, they're supported entirely by contributions. They're not uh, supported like Planned Parenthood gets untold hundreds of millions, I guess. 
uh, in uh, in taxpayer funds. Uh, but uh, crisis pregnancy centers don't get that, and they depend on you and me. And uh, it's all free. Women do not pay anything for ultrasound, for uh, counseling, for uh, care, for uh, all you know supplies that they need. But these crisis pregnancy centers are often targeted by pro-abortion extremists. Um, we know of several that have been firebombed. People have been injured. Um, but we're going back to these studies. Here's another study. Almost 70% of women are coerced to abort their babies. She, um, a lot of women feel trapped like she has no choice, and these abortionists, murderers, masquerade as medical professionals to profiteer from their tragedy, their, their, their situation. Um, but, uh, as I said, uh, pro-life pregnancy centers are the abortion industry's only competition. Up to 2 million women a year, nearly, nearly uh, 300 and almost 400 million worth of free medical care. So it's the pro-life pregnancy centers that are empowering women with true informed consent and support. Um, the uh, obstetrician OBGYN uh, Bivina Napier, an MD, said recently, quote, In my years of practice, I have never met a woman who has expressed regret over giving birth to her baby, but I have met plenty who shared their regret for having abortions. You know, there's a... There's an abortion industry that makes billions of dollars killing children and hurting their moms, and that's you know that's what we're dealing with. Uh, but uh, we have a, uh, despite their best efforts, Planned Parenthood is well isn't. We, we have a bit of an image problem. Cut that, uh, please. Despite their best efforts, Planned Parenthood isn't killing as many black babies as their founder, Margaret Sanger, would have wanted uh, to facilitate the extermination of the Negro population. That's a quote from Margaret Sanger, the founder of Planned Parenthood, to facilitate the extermination of the Negro population. Uh, so they may have to try a bold new strategy. Here's a recording of a recent strategy session uh, by uh, Planned Parenthood's marketing department. As you all know, we, we have a bit of an image problem. Uh, the nation is still opposed to baby murder. Ugh. We've tried everything, though. We had that Super Bowl blimp that said baby murder is cool. I liked that one. We did the two-for-one abortion sale. People are not going to support us if we're just trying to make money from baby murder. So, we stop using the term baby murder. I am proposing that we rebrand baby murder as women's health care. <laughs> um, I like where you're going, but um, yeah, so like, I don't know if you know what we do here, <laughs> but we literally go in there and rip the babies apart limb from limb <laughs> and, and, and kill them. So. I'm just not sure that really makes sense for the branding of women's health care. Yeah. It seems like a stretch. That leads me to part two of my plan. All we need to do is continue to chant our new slogan. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. My body, my choice. I hate to bring up a far-right pro-life uh, argument here, but um, 
It's pretty clearly a baby. I mean, obviously not part of the woman's body and DNA. And that is why we also rebrand baby as clump of cells. We just tell the women that it's like a a parasite. But I'm just not sure people are going to buy that kind of a lie. People buy these kinds of blatant lies all the time. I mean, that whole fiery but mostly peaceful protest thing. We've got Hitler. Love him. The guy kills like 15 million people and calls it the final solution. Those are rookie numbers for, you know, compared to what we do. Yeah. (laughs) Chump change. Hitler's got nothing on us. (laughs) (laughs) One more thing. This is important. From this point forward, we never use the term baby in here again. We're going to use a dehumanizing term. Fetus. Is that something that you just made up? What does it mean? means baby, but in Latin. And they stopped teaching that in school a long time ago, so no one's gonna, no one's gonna connect that. Yolanda, you've done it again. Now, the first couple of Texas radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. Welcome back. We are Bill and Allison. First couple of TexasRadio.com, where you can listen to us anytime. Well, did you know that you know, everybody believes that that people that uh, immigrants' names were altered, shortened, or misheard by bungling authorities uh, at Ellis Island? Um, but that's a complete myth. Um, according, uh, n- no one's family name was changed at Ellis Island. Did you know that? I don't believe that. I've mm-hmm. always heard. I know. Names I, you, you, well, okay, maybe you haven't always heard it. Uh, some professors. Um, discover that um and and what they what they discovered was uh in fact no names were written down at ellis island Uh, the people coming to the to the united states were required to provide their contact information when buying their tickets for the journey so their names were already recorded in the ship's manifest uh families might have changed their names after settling in the new country Hmm. actually well actually Bill's family name what was changed by his father by my by my uh, by my father yes it mm-hmm. was yeah I mean because uh, because a lot of people coming from Europe had names that were you know very hard to pronounce hard to spell hard to pronounce and also uh, my my dad uh, grew up in uh, in Chicago and at the time there was a lot of discrimination among um, ethnic groups and so if you had a name that identified you with a particular ethnic group uh, you would be discriminated against mm-hmm. uh, by people with you know other ethnic groups or whatever uh, so uh, so he changed it to something fairly neutral couldn't figure out what ethnic group it came from. <laughs> but uh, he first changed it to Menke, which sounded <laughs> Jewish and he realized that he traded one discrimination well, for yeah, another that was during World War two wasn't it yeah, yeah. Um, but there was a scene in Godfather 2 popularized popularized that urban myth. Well, um, Madonna was sued by two upset fans for showing up more than two hours late for a show last sued? month in in Brooklyn. I didn't know you could sue a musician for that. Well, but can you imagine more, more than two hours late? Well, it's very I rude. Mean, That's ser- rude. Seriously, it's rude. And well, she has faced promptness, <laughs> promptness. I was putting it politely. Well. Complaints before, and she responded to her critics um, several years ago with a post. There's something that you all need to understand, and that is a queen is never late. 
How obnoxious is that? Oh my gosh. Yeah, how about that? That's disgusting. I know. You know, I know. She'd she'd be working in a strip joint if it weren't for her fans. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. So That's how exactly pompous right. is that? Mm-hmm. How pompous is that? Well, the uh, January 6th committee defied a demand last year by incoming Speaker of the House Kevin McCarthy that it preserve all of its records, evidence, and transcripts. It has destroyed much of what it collected over more than a year of investigation, just flouted the rules of Congress. Alice and I used to work in Congress in Washington, so I think we know something about the rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, they didn't preserve documents, data, video depositions, including communications it had with the Biden White House. Uh, it, the committee was run by Democrats, included only two Republican members, because Nancy Pelosi refused to allow uh, the um, leader of the de- uh, Republicans to appoint Republicans. She appointed two Republicans to the committee who are both anti-Trump uh, people, uh, anti-Trump congressmen, uh, so that uh, they have also failed, the committee has failed to provide any evidence that it looked into Capitol Hill security failures on January 6th. Uh, it was, by the way, it was supposed to be composed of eight Democrats and five Republicans, but Pelosi handpicked of these two anti-Trump Republicans, Liz Cheney and um, Kinzinger, Adam Kinzinger. Um, so, you know, we know it was a sham. That whole committee was a sham. Uh, and uh, the uh, committee chairman and the vice chair, uh, Liz Cheney, wrote to the White House and said they would, by law, preserve all of the committee's materials and they would pass them into the custody of the National Archives. Um, Benny Thompson also told CNN, the chairman of the committee, that the committee would preserve all of its materials, but they did not do that. Uh, so uh, what, they did, what they did, I mean, they destroyed their own records in an attempt to cover up uh, anything bad stuff that they did uh, to obstruct future investigations. Uh, it's denying President Trump of access to evidence that might help his defense in these sham criminal prosecutions that the committee itself had urged to go on. Um, prevents witnesses from clearing their names. So, uh, it, interestingly, one of the prosecutions, it's the special counsel Jack Smith is, is pursuing against Trump, involves charges that he mishandled government records from his time in the White House. But unlike the January 6th committee, Trump didn't destroy any documents. Trump faces 460 years in prison relating to that prosecution. But he didn't destroy any documents. But the January 6th committee destroyed a vast, probably a vast majority. Uh, But the Department of Justice, as far as we know, is not investigating the committee or the chairman, Benny Thompson, for their destruction of documents, because the Department of Justice is corrupt, crooked. And, uh, of course, I don't think anybody needs to be told that who has half a brain. Do you, Allison? No, no totally, oh. totally. Oh. Well, this is on a more fun subject. A University of Kentucky chemistry professor is sending a message into deep space, uh, inviting aliens to visit Lexington, Kentucky. Illegal aliens? <laughs> of course, <laughs> oh, if they, oh, that's a good point. That's a good point. If they well, come out of a no, it's, it, it, no, if they come out of a flying saucer and land here, they would be illegal aliens, would they not? Good, I guess so. Mm-hmm. I guess so. Anyway, so this is in a deep space, 
and it's all part of a tourism campaign in Kentucky. Uh, so, so he, he's capitalizing on the recent resurgence of UFA, UFO fever following uh, last year's extraterrestrial hearings in Congress. Uh, the message that he sent was sent to the star Trappist, T-R-A-P-P-I-S-T, one, and it included the com- chemical components for bourbon, a recording of Lexington blues musician T.D. Young, and the outlines of two horses and a human. But since Trappist One is 40 light years away, it will take 80 years for us to get their response. The response. <laughs> oh, really? That is so ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. Well, they're trying to inc- increase tourism. Oh, yeah, I guess they are. I guess they are. Well, you know, uh, this week is the uh, birthday, uh, January 22nd, 1931, of Sam Cooke. And uh, you may not remember his name, but I think you'll remember one of his great songs. He was an American singer and songwriter. He was considered one of the most influential soul artists of all time. He's commonly referred to as the king of soul, and here's one reason why. Darling, you sent me, I know you sent me, darling, you sent me, honest you do, honest you do, honest you do. Well, happy birthday, Sam Cooke, born January 22nd, this week, 1931. Sam Cooke, greatly missed. Tragic end, by the way. He was murdered oh. in uh, in a hotel, in a motel. He was only 30, well, the, 34 years old. What are the details? I mean, don't, don't just, oh, you don't know. I don't know the details. <laughs> the hotel sorry. manager murdered him. That's all I know. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's very sad. Yeah. Yeah. Well, by the way, <clears throat> NASA wants your help. Do you want to become a burst chaser? Uh, NASA hopes so. Uh, after them gathering data on thousands upon thousands of gamma ray bursts, uh, the space agency is asking for volunteers to help its scientists determine the origin of these prehistoric outer space explosions hmm. and there's no, no no expertise needed uh the online online program feels almost like a game and it includes a tutorial on how to identify different pulses of gamma ray bursts by the shapes of the graph lines plotting their energy hmm. Hmm. and the reason nasa is asking for her help is because only human eyes can classify certain patterns Patterns that computers aren't able to do. Hmm. So what you can do is uh, just Google uh, NASA burst chaser or any combination of words. Uh, I did that, and they, you know, it tells you how to sign up. Cool, cool. Well, Gaston Glock, the handgun designer who changed the world, and the Glock uh, was named after him. 
Um, he died recently, 94 years of age. Um, his background was he was managing a car radiator factory near Vienna, Austria. And uh, he heard the Austrian army was seeking a handgun. So he designed a semi-automatic 9mm, and that changed the course of the firearm world. started with the Glock Model 17, and the Austrian army ordered 20,000 units. Uh, it was eventually adopted by two-thirds of America's police forces, and the Glock became a staple among federal agencies. Uh, the Glock handgun relies on polymer in areas which have no stress to them, so a, lot, a large portions of the gun appears plastic. Um, and uh, the Glock Company website says, make it simple, make it perfect. And it said, Glaston, Gaston Glock not only revolutionized the world of small arms in the 1980s, but also succeeded in establishing the Glock brand as the global leader in the handgun industry. His internationally renowned Glock perfection stands for uncompromising quality and maximum customer satisfaction. So there's a little free ad for the Glock. <laughs> do, do, you have tell you, do you have any? I don't have a Glock. No, I have. Okay. Uh, we, we were in England and uh, uh, we were told that people will ask you two questions when you're over there of Americans. How in the world could you vote for uh, elect Donald Trump and do you own a gun? And uh, this one girl, uh, 19 years old, <laughs> Mill, Millie was her name, very sweet little English girl, asked me, uh, do you own a gun? And I said, no, I don't own a gun. I said, I I think I own about 17 guns, and she was, almost fell off her chair. <laughs> but then I explained to her why, and uh, you know, gave her a, gave her all the arguments, and you know, guns. And uh, you know, I was thinking, Allison, if 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 they make uh, my guns illegal, I'll just call them undocumented. What do you think? <laughs> oh, that's a, that's a good plan. <laughs> Very good plan. Yeah. Well, something really exciting is going to be happening this spring. But it's something that Texans might not be familiar with. Um, because I, I was looking at a map, and it looks like it's only in the Midwest and on the East Coast. Um, and we used to live in Virginia, so we were familiar with it. And that is 17-year cicadas and also 13-year cicadas. They're, they're actually more common. They're officially cicadas, but most people call them locusts. So every 17 years, um, they're periodical, and they spend most of their lives underground, feeding on tree roots. And after 13 years or 17 years, depending on the brood, and they're, they're called broods, the, the cicadas will tunnel to the surface where they reach maturity and engage uh, in a month-long noisy search for a mate. Hmm. And uh, they typically surface in the spring once the soil re reaches a, a temperature of about 64. Um, this spring, two different broods of cicadas, uh, the 13-year and the 17-year, will emerge at the same time in a rare event that last occurred in 1803 when Thomas Jefferson was president. No kidding. 221 years ago. No kidding. Mm -hmm. And billions of them um, will make an appearance uh, across the Midwest and Southeast, beginning in some places in late April, uh, for a raucous mating ritual that tends to inspire both fascination and annoyance in equal measure. <laughs> um, 
So, some people plan to to get out of Dodge during it, and some people, including possibly us, um, would plan to uh, go, go be there for if that, it. If that is a possibility, that'd be kind of cool. Mm-hmm. I think. I think. Yeah, I mean, I mean, this is a once in a lifetime event, mm-hmm. uh, and and these cicadas won't sync up. Uh, their emergences for another 221 years. Mm. Mm. Um, but they, uh, wh- when they do come out, they emit a high-pitched buzz or mating song that can reach up to 100 decibels, roughly equivalent to a motorcycle or a jackhammer. Wow. And what, what happens is once they reach the surface, they shed their exoskeletons and unfurl their wings, and it typically typically takes several more days for their adult skin to harden. And then they have a quick mating ritual. Um, they With gen- just a few weeks, they find a mate. And they lay their eggs before they die. And the entire process lasts only about six weeks. And by July 1st, they'll be gone. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm hoping we can be up there, and because be we, nice. we we have heard the 17 year, but mm-hmm. this this is going to be something really really spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it sure is. It sure is. Well, you know, when you're talking about uh, Gaston Glock and uh, uh, Joe Biden's Treasury Department, asked, but it's just coming out to light. Asked banks to snoop through customers' transactions for signs of a quote extremism such as purchases of guns from places like Dick's Sporting Goods, Bass Pro Shop, uh, those kind of places, Uh, and people who bought Christian books or Bibles are potential terrorists. Can you believe that? Wow. Yeah, it's it's come to light thanks to uh, Jim Jordan and the chairman of the House Judiciary Committee. Um, So they, they asked large financial institutions to comb through the private transaction of their customers uh, to, uh, to do that. Uh, you know, we have fi- financial surveillance where it's big government working with big banks, big corporations to spy on Americans, searching private transaction, uh, transactions using key terms. The federal government told them what terms to look for to find out what you're buying, what you're spending your money on, without any warrant, without any legal process. It's financial surveillance of the American people. And I, I suggest you use cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was in Big Lots yesterday and Big Signs, only cash accepted. Uh, big Lots? Big Lots. But I okay. I think it's probably because their computers were down or something. Okay. But, but yeah, uh, I, you know, use cash as much as possible. Uh, first of all, it stays in the community. When you use a credit card, a lot of that money leaves the community but cash stays in the community and cash can't be traced uh so that's that's what uh i think you know i would advise everybody to do is use cash as much as possible coming up after the break i'm gonna have slightly better news uh, along along those lines and i'm gonna give you uh, a reason or two why i believe in voting democrat
Welcome back. We're Bill and Allison, Hill Country Patriot, your information station. And we are the first couple of Texas radio where you can hear our uh, recorded shows, past shows, firstcoupleoftexasradio.com. And I just want to give a shout out to our good friend, Zach Torres, who we know is a regular listener. We like to do that uh, when we know that people listen to us on a regular basis. But I, okay, just bef- just before the break, um, Bill was talking about how the, the federal government is snooping into, into the things that you purchase. Um, and I have um, g- good news on, you know, on, the, on that type of thing. Uh, law enforcement is going to have to go back to getting information the old-fashioned way. Um, Ring, which is uh, owned by Amazon, said recently that it will no longer let police easily request doorbell footage from users. So officers will have to get a warrant or a subpoena instead. Um, we do we don't have, have one, so I don't know exactly how it works. But apparently it has a neighbor's app um, which Ring users are automatically enrolled in when they buy the security camera. And it allowed officers to use a request for assistance tool to ask individuals to volunteer footage. But uh, civil liberties groups, journalists, and politicians have long questioned uh, Ring's claims that its cameras deter crime. And the company's willingness to facilitate users handing over private video footage has made the same groups raise their eyebrows, especially in line of reports that law enforcement has requested Ring videos to identify protesters. I think that's probably the main reason the government wanted to get involved in the first place, was to identify protesters. Yeah, protesters meaning people who disagree with the Biden administration. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but I... I think it's important to vote Democrat, Allison. I mean, it's isn't it better to pay billions of dollars for oil to people who hate us, but not drill our own because it might upset some endangered beetle, <laughs> gopher, or fish here in America? You know, we don't obviously don't care about the beetles, gophers, or fish in those other countries. So that's why you should vote Democrat. That's one of the one of the many reasons to vote Democrat. I would say, I would say, uh, there's been a. Uh, an audio uncovered of uh, what happened New Year's Eve when uh, Joe Biden was uh, and and Jill appeared uh, at the uh, broadcast of the Times Square New Year's Eve celebration. And this audio never made it on the air, but uh, the Bill and Allison show have uncovered it. And we thought you would be very interested in what uh, this interview with with uh, Joe Biden. So after. Trump takes back the White House and we finally get rid of your dumbass. What's next for you? Are you going on vacation or like some sort of retirement home? That's a great question. I already got offers from the, uh, a couple of adult diaper companies. I mean, I already use their diapers, so, so I might as well make some money using them. You know, Jill wants to put me in a home, but they don't allow showering with daughters and shit. So I'm not that excited about that option. I think we're just going to wait and see. There you go. That was that was an audio you didn't hear, video you didn't hear mm-hmm. during the New Year's Eve celebrations. Well. Okay, that's our woke alert. Um, 
some of the most out- outrageous stories that we come across that we want you to hear about that that you will find very hard to believe. Um, Democrats in Washington state are giving top priority to a new proposed law that calls for changing the label of violent sex offenders. The goal is to destigmatize sex offenders by ceasing to find them in terms of their offense. The new law would rename the Sex Offender Policy Board, the SOPB, uh, as one of their improvements. Uh, it will now be known as the Sex Offense Policy Board, if it passes. Uh, it conveys that the board reviews should concentrate on sexual offenses rather than the offenders who commit them. Uh, supporters contend that the sex offenders' lived experiences are invaluable. As a result, the SOPB will now, even shockingly, include a convicted sex offender on the board. Good Lord. And the membership on the board is not limited to level one sexual offenders um, or those who are least likely uh, to commit again. Uh, the measure permits admission of level three sex offenders, the most dangerous convicts. Uh, also, alongside the sexual offender, victims of sex crimes will also be new board members. Um, the, uh, the initial goal of the SOPB was to provide sex offender management in order to maintain community safety. Uh, however, it's deviated so much from its original goal, and it is now, it's now centered on supporting sexual offenders and taking away any feelings of shame for their past actions. Uh, a, a Washington State rep, a Democrat named Tara Simmons, she spent time in jail on three felony charges for theft and controlled drug possession. She's leading the charge uh, for the SOPB legislation, and uh, she's also the one responsible for advocating for a sexual offender to be on the board with victims of sexual offenses. Um, she said, I think that we all do better when we have a diverse legislature. That's why I'm here, and I'm proud to be here. I think I bring some lived experience that was missing from here. That's it, meaning the other people uh, on the board are not criminals. Um, it, it, and, and while some people may have a stigma for people who have committed a sex offense, I think they have invaluable information that, that can really guide this board. Uh, the, the head of the SOPB testified in support of the, the action. And keep in mind, folks, this is Washington State. And what he, what he said, I think it brings to the board that sort of reality check that we always need in public policy. This guy needs a reality check. Uh-huh. And I welcome the opportunity to have those voices at the table and do everything I can to facilitate their active participation in our uh, process. Yeah, just, um, just, uh, just make sure they don't steal your wallet while you're talking to them. Well, they don't steal wallets. They're, uh, they're sexual sex offenders. Oh, okay. oh and, and, and also, these the same people uh, want to stop, have wanted to stop using the term child molester or pedophile and replace it with minor attracted persons good lord good lord well this is this is you know they want to 
Well, they don't want to make people responsible for the crimes they commit, is what it, what it boils down to. People exactly. aren't responsible exactly. for, for yeah. committing crimes. Yeah, it's their, their, their life experience. Their life experience and, and all that. So they, they're trying to separate the crime from the criminal. Uh, you know, places like that, uh, for example, Baltimore, city of Baltimore, has such an epidemic of car thefts. You know what they're, they're doing about it? I do. They're suing Hyundai and Kia. And other apparently others, <laughs> their their argument is the problem is their cars are too easy to steal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently they were very easy to. Uh, oh, okay. Um, so it's it's hotwire them. It's their it's it's the manufacturer's fault, not the criminal's fault, uh, that the the cars are being stolen. Um, for generations, there have been no penalties at all for in in these Democrat-run cities, uh, for people who steal cars or anything else for that matter um when in when people rioted uh and set part of the city on fire a lot of them were teenagers in in baltimore the mayor ordered the police to stand down and give what she called our children their space give rioting teens and others give them our children their space Wow. Wow. Uh, Victoria Sparts is a congresswoman from Indiana. Uh, and she is, interestingly enough, she is Ukrainian. She's native Ukrainian. From And yes, you can be elected to Congress uh, if you're foreign-born. It's only a president that you can't be. Well, what? I think you, you have um, a quote, I mean, an audio bite from her and i think we should play it after our break okay okay let's that do okay? that yeah we have an audio break from her it's fascinating you want to stay stay tuned for that on the bill and allison mancaro show here on the hill country patriot your information station we'll be back in a minute with this very interesting uh perspective by congresswoman victoria sparks Now, the first couple of Texas Radio. Here's Bill and Allison Mencaro. And you can hear our past shows, firstcoupleoftexasradio.com, anytime. We thought you'd be interested in hearing what this Congresswoman Victoria Sparts, a Republican from Indiana, and a native Ukrainian. As I said, you don't have to be... Uh, um, American-born to be a member of Congress. It's just uh, the presidency. But uh, she she is uh, spectacular, and I think you'll agree after you listen to uh, you listen to what she had to say. Are you aware that a lot of Americans are now uh, afraid of being prosecuted by your department? Are you aware about that? Are you aware of that? I'm just saying, are you aware or not? Uh. I think that uh, constant attacks on the department and saying no, it's that not attacks. Well, let me let me give you an example. I don't know. We talk what... about January six people. I'm sorry. Here, there, there are some people came on January six. There are probably were some people that came on January six here. You know that had bad intent. But a lot of good Americans from my district came here because they are sick and tired of this government not serving them. 
They came with strollers and the kids, and there was chaotic situation because the proper security wasn't provided. That's a question that was answered really why. Why we debated for 45 minutes on the floor and didn't stop the debate after the people broke in into the Capitol. But these people came, they were throwing the smoke bombs into the crowd with strollers with kids. People were showed up, you know, FBI agent to people's houses. You had in my district, in my town, FBI phone numbers all over the district. Please call. Call that. People are truly afraid. I just want to make sure if you're not aware that you are. And this is a big problem when people are afraid of their own government. And I'll share some other things. We're talking about justice system. I don't question. You're probably not a bad person. I don't know you. But what I'll tell you, you're in charge of the department. And people right now feel, you know, I look at Durham report and I call on the FISA violations of queries of millions of Americans, right? It's like KGB, but when I read Durham reports, we have this, you have a nice, you know, playbook. First, let's have a special counsel, and then you don't have to answer any questions here. Then, let's extend slow work investigation on Hillary Clinton, on Hunter, Everything is slow walk. We were very quick on Donald Trump, but you were very slow walk. Then, by the time, you know, that investigation and its statute of limitation expired, and all of your agents need to be tested for amnesia. No one recalls anything. Okay, you probably should have as part of your hiring policy. So no one held accountable, which was egregious what happened, you know, in that report. When I read with them, I can't believe it happened in the United States of America. This is my frustration, I'll be honest with you. Then, it's very interesting, you know, regardless what it is, even people in Obama administration raise concerns. You know, how can President Sanz be serving on, you know, corrupt Ukrainian oligarchs? Do you understand that it actually can undermine the one Ukrainian effort and policy? I think these concerns were raised. The Obama administration didn't do anything about it. These people are dying right now, and Americans don't trust this president. So you, I want to ask you one thing. You know, as you, you know, I don't need answer because I know you're not going to, but I think you're probably a good American, and you care. And a lot of these people are so afraid they cover up this stuff, I think, in your department because they're embarrassed that what we became as a country to say that what our Department of Justice became. That allows Russians to do propaganda in Chinese. It allows them to destabilize our country. That is danger to our republic. It is significant danger. And I have just one more question from you. You know, I mean, I agree on corporate crimes and FISA stuff, even with Democrats, that we need to do a better job. One more question for you. Do you believe that, you know, you talk about rights to vote, but do you believe that only U.S. citizens should be voting in this election and doing anything to make sure that only eligible people vote in elections? Yes and yes. Okay, I would like to see that what you do. Thank you. Neil back. You know, there's something almost intoxicating about that kind of passion. When you see an elected official wear their heart on their sleeve and get so emotionally invested in an issue so important to all of us, And it shouldn't be lost on you that this is a woman who grew up in the totalitarian, authoritarian, stifling, single-party communist state of the Soviet Union. And she's now worried that her voters, her constituents, the citizens who live in her district, who asked her to represent them, that they are now afraid of their own government, that they don't trust their own government. And, well, she should know exactly how that feels, shouldn't she? 
Yeah, that was Congresswoman Victoria Spark. Pretty spectacular of her. Yeah, it's good seeing hearing that sort of thing from from someone who who came here from a totalitarian country. Yeah, the, she has a perspective on it that we don't we don't have. We don't appreciate uh, what we have in this country, but uh, we're losing it fast. I'm afraid we're losing it fast. Well, uh, we want to pay tribute to another birthday boy. We talked about Sam Cooke and Wolfie Mozart earlier in the program. Uh, it's their birthday week, but. Uh, born uh, January 24, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. Don't have to tell you who Neil Diamond was. He's sold more than 130 million records worldwide. He's one of the best-selling musicians of all time. He's had 10 number one singles on the U.S. Billboard Hot 100. And uh, here's one reason why. Here's one of his most be- uh, highest-selling... What a word. Most best, most best word salad. There, Uh, (laughs) this is one of one of his best-selling songs. Where it began, I can't begin to know it. But then I know it's growing strong Wasn't the spring And spring became the summer Who'd have believed you'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out, touching me, touching you.
Neil Diamond. Happy birthday, Neil. A beloved songwriter, song performer. Um, well, while we're talking about songwriters, did, didn't you have something to share? Well, actually, I did. I was thinking of that when uh, we were listening to Sweet Caroline. You remember, Allison, you remember the uh, song by Barry Manilow, I Write the Songs? I, mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't have it. We should. should have, no, we should. We should. We should. We, should. <laughs> we won't talk about it on another show, but, uh, right. you know, I write the songs, mm-hmm. I write the songs. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't write that. <laughs> <laughs> it's written by a guy named Barry Johnston. <laughs> <laughs> oh man a little a little musical trivia for you there uh-huh. something that we don't you know don't know don't know but uh no he didn't he didn't write i write the song <laughs> uh, yeah. how, uh, how ironic wrapping up our show the bill and allison and carol show today when we are on from eight to ten every saturday morning And don't forget our lineup on the Hill Country Patriot, Harley David Blue. You've got, why don't you tell Allison? Harley David Blue, 6 to 9. Yeah. Matt Long, 10 o'clock. And Lorraine Lamont at, I'm sorry, I keep keep messing that up. You messed it up. Matt Matt Long is on at 9. Lorraine Lamont is on at 10. That's right. That's right. So we're tuned in every day, and you can get all sorts of great stuff on the Hill Country Patriot because... We look for things that uh, other stations are not uh, providing. That's and, why you're in, we, and, uh, we are t- your information tune in, station. Tune in next week, 8 o'clock, because I'm going to have a really outrageous story about the federal government. Well, how did you ever find an outrageous story about the federal government? <laughs> Boy, you must have looked hard for that. <laughs> yeah, really. I have no idea what you're talking about. I know you don't. Well, that's okay. Uh, don't forget there's a uh, discounted uh, vet clinic today in Fredericksburg at the City of Fredericksburg Consolidated Warehouse 233 Friendship Lane today until 2 o'clock. Only cash and checks will be taken. But don't forget that. Discounted vet services there and um, especially vaccination against rabies. We're out of here, Allison. We are. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. And join us next week, 8 o'clock.